0: The day has come to identify new opportunities where you can have independent, informed and objective financial guidance customized to you with clear and transparent advice that is solely in your best interest. Your host, Katie Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services and Lead Wealth Advisor at New Day Solutions a firm offering expertise in retirement planning, estate planning, investment management, insurance planning, tax strategies, and employee benefits. With more than 25 years of experience, she is joined by Tammy Simons, Director of Advice Services and Wealth Advisor with more than 10 years of experience. New Day Solutions has a highly credentialed team with three advisors holding their CFPs, two of them holding their SEMA certificates. New Day Solutions is a female-run boutique firm dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. At New Day Solutions, we work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals and your financial planning goals. New Day Solutions is a fee-only practice providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Their only objective is to make the best possible financial decisions with you. Fair and transparent financial advice from New Day Solutions. It's time to refresh your thinking when it comes to choosing a firm to serve as your trusted investment partner. Reach out to Katie and Tammy today for a free consultation. Or go to newdaysolutions.com for more information. with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate, or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters.
1: Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT Thomas from KT's Money Matters, helping you think about the best way to try to make the most out of what you're trying to accomplish in your life, both personally, professionally, financially. Mostly financially, though, you know, I tend to be a money girl that tends to be how I want to put things together, but sometimes it's not all about the money, right? There. Are, sometimes there are the disciplines that you do in your life and how that might help you advance yourself or your family in a lot of different ways. So today we're talking about back to school and back to the grind. And so I've asked Tammy Simons, CFP. You guys have heard Tammy here on the podcast before. Tammy's a working mother, like most of us. And so she's got some ideas for how you think about back to school and kind of thinking about how you get back into the groove, right? Because we've all been kind of in the summertime buzz, you know, where we you know we eat where we want, when we want, we sleep where we want, when we want, we all have vacation, the days are longer, things are just different. and And we know this is all going to come to a crashing end, especially in New England, because 4th of July is over and we know that you know fall is going to come and we're going to have to get back into our routine. So this is sort of like the how do you ease yourself back in and ease your kids back in. So Tammy, thanks for joining me today.
2: Thank you for having me, although I this conversation I'm not ready for yet. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you and every other parent. <laughs> you know, parents always say they're like, oh my God, school is out and I'm going to have the kids and they're going to come home. One of my good girlfriends is like, you know, her son's coming back from college for the summer. She's so excited. Can't wait to hang out with him. And then she's like, two weeks later, she's like, when is he going back? And, you know, parents go from they can't wait to when is this over? And most of us, you know, in July are somewhere in between, but we know school's coming. And so there is a lot of money spent around the time that school begins. So you know me, I like to begin with the end in mind. So let's talk a little bit about the money. Let's talk about what can you expect to spend this year for things like back to school purchases and kind of things you need to know. Tammy, do you have some tips for people?
2: Well, I do. And it really depends on where your child is in according to their expenses. The older they get, the more they cost. So that's the down and dirty of it. So when when my son was younger, we could pretty much buy him whatever clothes. He obviously kids don't care when they're really little, but once they get to be about my son's age, now they're starting to pay attention more about what kind of sneakers each other ha- has on or, you know, what kind of outfits? Where did they come from? What's the name brand on them? And so those things tend to become more and more expensive. And then of course school supplies become more expensive as they go go forward. So in kindergarten, right up through elementary school, you get these lists from the school on, on the things that the teachers need and the kids need. And what I'll say is give yourself some time to shop around for those things. Shop around for the clothes. Make sure that you're getting the best deals and make sure your child is confident when they go into school. I'm not saying to buy the name brand everything, I'm not saying that, but definitely make sure that your child feels comfortable in what they're wearing and gets a little excited about the supplies that they have. The more tools they have, the better off they are. Are, the more confident they are in class, and that all shows through.
1: Oh, I'm going to share this ridiculous story that just came to me, and you guys are just going to have to like tolerate this because this is like the funniest story about kids and clothes for school. <laughs> so, my mother was like a like a lovely sewer; she could make like anything, you know. And and we were kids; she used to make a lot of our clothes because, okay, this was the '60s and into the '70s, and people actually made clothes. I know this is a fascinating idea to young people, but my sister Colleen was in love with these student cut Levi corduroys which were the rage in the 70s and they had the stupid little Levi's pocket tag that hung out the back pocket so my mother decided that she could make a pair of Levi's so she did and you know what actually they were actually really great but they didn't have the tag and my sister Colleen was like you just don't get it I can't wear these these are like fake Levi's and no one is going to think they're okay and my mother goes you want me to sew a tag on it And my sister Colleen was like horrified because what she really (laughs) wanted was cut Levi corduroys that all of her girlfriends at school wore. And my mother just could not get her mind around the idea that you would spend, I've forgotten what it was at the time, for these corduroys when she had this pair that actually looked better and fit her perfectly that she just wouldn't wear. (laughs) And like that is the parent dilemma, except most parents today can't sell.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember my mom bringing us to a a big discount store and you could get name brands there, but it was a store that, you know, you don't want to be seen at by your friends. Yeah. And so I remember my mom all the way there, we'd fight her tooth and nail about going into the store. And then she just finally said to us, you know what? If your friends see you there, they're there too. So don't worry about it." <laughs> 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 so,
1: is Isn't that the truth? <laughs> but I mean, you know, these are, these are like real challenges for parents, especially if you have, you know, it's, you know, my, my mother had four kids. I mean, I, it's hard to figure out how you're going to carve that money out and then there's, you know, then beyond that there are all kinds of things like, you know, after school programs and sports and things like that. So, you know, do you recommend that people have sort of like some money set aside that they're going to use for this and then how do you recommend that they fund for it so that they can budget for this as they think about everything else in their life? Yeah.
2: So, when the kids are younger, obviously it's less expensive and you know what I'm talking? kindergarten, first grade, second grade, you might have little chores that you might give them or they might have birthday money. But the reality is most parents just pay for their school supplies and their their clothing. But once they start to get a little older and they get a little, uh, well, I should say mature enough to be able to handle chores and things like that, then allowances come into play. And you know what I would recommend doing as a parent, this is a good financial tool for your children, is to come up with a dollar figure of what you're willing to spend whether it be 250 $400 for clothes and for supplies, and then anything above and beyond that, they pay for with their chore money or with any additional money that they're making or any birthday money that they receive. That's what I would recommend doing. And then that way they have a dollar amount of what they can spend and they know how to budget so their money. But believe it or not, children learn very quickly when they're given a dollar figure how to make that dollar work. It's amazing.
1: You know, it's funny because, you know, Jackie in school shopping, we would said, okay, this is the amount. And then, you know, I would let her go. Basically, we would go and spend the day at the mall and buy whatever made sense in that price range. And she was actually much better at it than I thought, because when it came down to she could buy two shirts over here or she buy one shirt over here, you know, she was a consumer. She's like, I'll take those two shirts.
2: Right, and they quickly recognize the fact. Two of the other ones. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, they quickly realize how much big discount stores matter at that point. That's right.
1: And so, if you want to teach your kids about money, (laughs) going back to school shopping is one way you can do it. Right, you can use this as a way to teach your kids about money. You know, by establishing a budget and then helping them figure out all the things that they need to get within that budget, and to actually bring them through the exercise that we know as adults. You know, we're supposed to be doing all the time. We want our kids to be better at money. That maybe even we were, or at least as good as we are. And frankly, if we don't teach them, they're not going to be because it's not like you get it by osmosis.
2: That's right. There's no money trees out there, unfortunately.
1: No. And you touched on something that I really like, especially when we talk about kids and money is the idea of using the allowance. And so, you know, in my family, you had like you know, you had to earn your keep because, whatever, like I said, we were kids of the 60s and the 70s when kids had chores to do and there, you didn't get any money for it. You just had to do them if you were going to stay in the house. But allowances were also part of it. Like if she, you know, if my mother had a special job that she wanted done, you know, she'd, I'll never forget, she used to have this clean the wind, window was 25 cents a window. I'm sorry. This is like the 70s, the early 70s, 25 cents a window. And I would clean windows for 25 cents. Now, it was the 70s, and you could buy a lot with a couple of bucks because not like now. I'd probably have to spend, you know, five bucks a window now. And uh, that's okay. But, you know, and my mother got me cheap because I was, you know, working at the house, whatever. I was there and I was a kid in school and I wanted some extra money for my pocket, you know. Um, but today, parents don't do that. They basically find it too hard to manage that they're doing the chores that they need to do in order to get their allowance. And then when the kids don't do what they said they had to do to get the money, the parents still give them the money anyway. So the whole thing's That's gone, right. like totally out the window. How would you recommend for parents to kind of rein that back in? How would they do that? And why Why is it important that they do that?
2: Well, first, I have a little bit of a bias around chores and what, what children get paid to do and what they don't get paid to do. And so I have a, a little bit of strong opinion about that in thinking that all children need to have certain chores that they don't get paid for because that's all being part of the family. You help your family when the groceries come in the door. you help the family bring in the groceries you clean your own room there's certain things and and I'm sure every family is different, but there's certain things that I feel that my son just does because he's part of the family and he and because he he should help but then beyond that, I think that there are certain chores, like you said to you know if you narrow down these specific chores to a dollar figure like how much would you pay somebody to take out the trash? Well, your son or your daughter, how much would you pay right. them to take out the trash? Or when the trash guy is coming every week, putting it out at the curb, how much would you pay to do that to your child? Do you know what they, they're saving for? So that's the other piece of it is if they have anything in particular they're looking to save for, you can narrow it down by chores that way and say, okay, well, if you want this $20 toy, you could do X for, for $2, X, for $3 and narrow it down from there and really break it down to a a point where they can understand it. And say, okay, in order for me to get this thing, I need to do X, Y, and Z, and that's how I'm going to save my money.
1: And you know, it's funny because I've, you know, you and I have been working with consumers for a long time. and, And I think you might agree that the very best clients that any financial advisor firm could work with are like the winner of the squirrel award, right? The good savers. Those people who know how to save and they know how to always make sure that they saved something of everything that they made. And I think today that, you know, first of all, not everybody learns that habit. And a lot of parents don't teach it. Like this idea of making sure that you set some money aside for the things that you really want. And, uh, oh, they're saving for a blah 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 new set of skis this winter whatever it is and that they're you know that their allowance money is going there or that they're doing these extra jobs and they're making some money and they're setting it aside and that the parents just aren't stroking the check cuz they can and really what it is they do it also because they just they don't have the bandwidth to sit down and work with them on getting it done it's easier to just write the check but it doesn't make it better because they actually never learn that habit about how to save for something that they really want how to live on a certain amount of money that they get and use that to get what they really want. That money isn't infinite because it's not. It's not infinite for anybody except for the, you know, ultra wealthy. But I'll tell you, a lot of those people pay attention to their money because they actually understand that they could lose it. But everybody has to really be paying attention to how much money they spend on things. And so teaching your kids early with things like allowances and then establishing like jobs that they can do to earn things that they really want, you know, that those kinds of things don't have to be like, you know, strangling yourself to get done. But they're just little ways that you can help your child learn about money and help you keep it in the bounds for yourself too.
2: That's right. And I think that there also has to be some uh, some rhythm on a weekly basis as well. So, you know, we talk about building up chores, saving your money for a specific product. But there's also you know, your weekly tasks. What do you need to do on a weekly basis in order to move the fo- the family forward that week or move the household f- forward that week or keep the laundry going that week? I mean, we right, all have these responsibilities. Too. That's right. We all have these <laughs> responsibilities. <laughs> and it doesn't matter whether you're saving up for skis or not, you still need to get X, Y, and Z done. And so, like I said before, there's, all, there's, there's chores that need to be done in a household on a, on a weekly basis. And then there's saving up for something as well. And so those two things kind of align just because you're working on, on saving up for this goal doesn't mean that you put off cleaning your room that week. Right. The two have to continue to stay, they need to continue to stay focused on that.
1: Right. And so a lot of going back to school, you know, for all of us is kind of a reset of the clock where we go, you know, oh, we need to start thinking about getting back into a routine. You know, I always hear people say there are, you know, in the big decision-making times in one's lives, September when the kids go back to school is a big time people go, I need to start blah, blah, blah. I need to start getting up earlier. I need to start working out every day. I need to start eating better. You know, and then of course, you know, that'll go for a little while, then we get into the holidays and then in January they do it all over again. But setting routines (laughs) and trying to stick by some of these routines is actually really, it's really good for you because humans actually like patterns. That's our brain works that way. We like look for patterns and things. We even look for patterns and things where they don't really exist, but we actually like the ritual of things. And so routines are easier. Than it is when you're trying to do it without, you know, you're trying to like just go hog wild at it. So um, you have some tips for kind of helping people get back into the routine of being kind of in the work mode in September and school mode. And do you want to share some of those?
2: Yeah. You know, I thought it was a a good time to to talk about um, how we are as humans and in our nature. And so I, I think a lot of times it's easy for people just to plug away and do what they need to do to get through the day. And we all do that without planning it ahead of time. We just kind of plug through the day, get through the day. And then the next day we do the exact same thing. But when you take a step back and you think about what do I want to accomplish for this year? Um, is there anything that I need to get go through and get done this year? And how am I going to do that? I think we all struggle with that a little bit. Um, and so I think school days when your child's young, I think that's a great time to, to start that thought process rather than just plug in through life. Because if you just plug through life, you don't go anywhere. But if you set some goals aside on an annual basis, so what kind of goals do you have this year? What do we want to focus on this year? What are the activities this year that you're going to do? Are you are you going to be uh, are they are like children that love sport, Boy, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, music, arts? Are, are, are those the type of things that you're we're going to focus on this year? And do you have any goals around that, or do you have any goals around? Uh, your grades, and have like a full conversation about how are we, how do you want to move forward this year? How do you want to, um, w- when June comes at the end of the year, what would make you feel really good to say I accomplished this this year? And so, if you have that conversation in August before school starts, then you can on a on a weekly basis start narrowing it down. So if you hear about how. You know, as adults, sometimes people do on Sundays. They they look at their calendar and they'll review their calendar for the week and figure out when they're going to hit the gym that week. They want to hit the gym at least three times a week or four times a week, and when can they fit that into the schedule? Well, when can you fit in the the sports? What time of the days can you fit in sports or arts or so forth for your child? How can we get that? Um, going every week. How can we make sure that little Joey is spending at least—he needs at least an hour and a half on schoolwork. We know this week. This week, how is we, how are we going to fit that in, or make sure he can fit that in? And so, when you look at a week to—if you look at it on a week-to-week basis—then you start being able to really structure your week and tie that into the overall annual goals that your child has as well. And so, come June, they can say. Look what I wrote down that I wanted to do this year, and I was able to do that, and then maybe even more so than that, because they were focused on it on a weekly basis. So that's what I recommend doing is on in August, at some point, sit down with your children and have that conversation, make it a game, fill out what they want to accomplish that year, and write it down on paper, and then figure out each Sunday how you're going to help them succeed and then how how are you going to help yourself succeed too? Because you have your own goals as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, they say, you know, like you read every self-help book ever written for professionals and upcoming, and, and I read a ton of that stuff. And they were all like, you know, you have a goal, you write it down, you come up with a plan. I mean, you know, they're telling us this all the time because it works. And so, you know, you know, you certainly don't want to take your child into hardcore SWAT analysis of what their strengths and weaknesses are and how they're going to do things. But this idea that... <laughs> You, you know, cause I, I think your kids could run away and, um, <laughs> but you know, the idea that you think about like, what do they really want to accomplish this year? What would make this year feel really successful and help them learn how to visualize that and then help them, you know, guide them as they try to get there and how powerful that is to who they grew up to be.
2: Yeah. I think that most of us are as adults are trying to figure that out as adults. Cause I, I can guarantee you, if I asked a hundred people, they would all say, I no, my, we didn't do that as kids. And I think if you can give your kids a little bit of a head start on it, our next generation will be so strong.
1: That's right. Because I think that to, I think today's generation of kids coming up are actually looking for a little direction. You know, for a while there was maybe too much direction. You know, I was thinking about like, my parents were very specific. And then, you know, and then there was the, oh, we don't want to push our kids like that generation. And now there's the, maybe I could use a little direction generation. And I think this is an opportunity for parents to say, you know, you know your children better than than anybody else, but what might help them grow to become the people that you want them to be, you know, that they want to be, that they would be happy being.
2: And you know what, this might actually help the, as I'm I'm thinking more and more about it, a lot of parents are, have their kids in so many organizations and so many sports and they have them so scheduled throughout the week. And I wonder if you really actually did take that time in August to figure out both what your kids' goals are and what your goals are, if you would still have all those activities or if you would break it down to what's most important to your child and what's most important to you.
1: It's a good point. So maybe, a pe- maybe family could save a little money there, not buying things that kids don't actually really want. And uh, kids could save a little focus, having more time to do what they actually enjoy. That's right. That's unless, of course, you have like teenagers and their their enjoyment is play on their cell phone and quit and quit school and, and spend time on the internet. Then I think, you know, you maybe got to have more goals than that. But that's okay because, you know, there's a time
2: for everything. That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> so one last thing about parents and going back to school, you know, you and I talked about this over lunch. So we talked about the idea that in the summer, people tend to eat out more. They tend to... um they're so off a of schedule when they eat and how they eat, and when they shop, all that is a little bit more swishy for a highly technical term. And so um, one of the things about having a little bit more structure around your week is it does allow you to have a little bit more structure around, you know, food. You know, people always say to me, you know, I have this kind of thing where I cook on Sunday for the week. I cook a whole bunch of things to make it easier, whether I'm just partially prepping things to go with other things or, you know, i, I have this breakfast thing that I cook and then I eat it all week. So I don't have to cook breakfast every morning. Everybody's got kind of like their routine. And what I say to you is I do a lot of it on Sunday so that during the week, I don't have to spend the time doing it. I can just like, you know, zap and go. But I also found, which was a total side effect of this, I did it because I'm, you know, training for an Ironman and I'm really like all about eating healthy and trying to live healthy and, and, uh, you know, manage my weight and all of that. And what I found was I was actually managing my wallet. It really didn't matter what I spent on groceries at the grocery store, because no matter what I bought at the grocery store was going to be cheaper than what I was going to get delivered to the house or eat out. So yeah. It helped me with my personal goals, but it actually helped me with my money.
2: It's a it's amazing how many how much uh prepping prep in general plays a role in your life. When you're when you Take the time in the beginning of the week to prep meals to look at your calendar to organize your week and thought process you you move forward through that through that week a lot better than somebody that's just winging it throughout the week Kind of
1: taking it as it comes yeah yeah I mean people make a lot of financial decisions every day and they don't even really think about how they most of them are passive they're just letting things roll by. Because it's coming to them, and they go, "Oh yeah, I'll take that," or "No, I won't take that." But they're never actually looking for what they really want. And in that process, you tend to get better selection, better results, and more of what you want. Which is, you know, how I always think about this show. It's the idea is that to figure out how to use what you earn and get what it is that you really want from it. And so, um, if you're getting ready to get your kids back to school, you know, I heard from Tammy today some tips like think about the timing of clothes purchases for school. You know, make sure that you price around supplies, make sure that you don't spend more for it because you're just in a hurry and you, you bought it all at CVS because you didn't have time to go to a, to a bigger store where you paid less and you bought it there because it was there and you were there. And even though it cost more money, the idea that figuring out where you were going to buy things, how much you were going to pay, maybe working with your children on a budget of how much they can spend on clothes going back to school, giving them a little bit of ownership for it at the same time with you so that you know, you're know you not letting them buy it all in one big expensive jacket and they come home saying, I can wear this every day, mom, don't worry.
2: <laughs> like, no,
1: No, you got to buy a few things. Let's look at the things we need to buy and how much money we're willing to spend. And then you could roll that into things like planning for food around the house, planning your regular routine making sure you really understand what everybody is trying to accomplish this year so you can align your resources with what's truly important for you and your family. Have I missed anything, Tammy, that you want to make sure that I add here? No, I think you
2: covered just about everything.
1: Yeah, this is a really complete list. So for my parent listeners getting ready to get their kids back to school, here are some tips to help you move forward. And I'm wishing everybody a longer summer. I know that I'm looking for a longer summer too, but You know, we all know that September will come and so will school. And these are great ideas to help you get ready to get what you want. And so until we speak again, thanks for joining me.
0: Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.